Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to yell. And, well, yeah, uh, like certain individuals just get on to literally yell or like in incite emotion. You just, yeah. which I guess is probably the the best thing you can possibly do, just incite a reaction. Right. Which is, you know, be yeah. angry, be talking, whatever it is. But yeah, ideally we can educate. Yeah. More than just flame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to kill our chances of growing <laughs> completely. Yeah. No controversy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forget uh, you. Like, <laughs> erase this podcast already. It's what a waste of time. That's right. I just wasted an hour of my life. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing to be angry about. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to feel? I was hoping to be enraged today. <laughs> exactly. The worst thing is a baseline. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's right. You just brought me back to baseline. I'm not even angry yeah. anymore. What kind of media is this? Man. Yeah. Content. What a world, man. What a world. I demand to be afraid and angry. (laughs) If I don't walk away scared or angry, or there has to be a reaction. You got to get something. That's right. Okay. Uh, Just looking at my own mic things that are coming in. Is it better if I have the mic kind of pointed down like this if I talk, or where do you want it here? Probably like this further away. Okay. So we don't pop. Okay, so I'll have it at this baseline. Like I can, like I'll just yeah. like focus on staying right here. It sounds here. good here, um, like in my ears. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so yeah. well, then what? Then what goes wrong? <laughs> then what's wrong? They, <laughs> they just don't like me. Yeah, where does it? Where does it get shitty then? <laughs> I think you're just getting razzed. Yeah, maybe. But if no one's if no one's saying anything about your voice, like there's something there's something here. Like I said, I just have to drop my <laughs> octaves or like. I can I can only speak down here from now on on the podcast. When I laugh, it has to be like, oh, 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 oh Jeremy, I tell you, it is it is to laugh. It is. You to sound laugh. like Santa there. <laughs> Season's over. Don't don't make me laugh too much, there. I'll lose. Uh, I can't lose concentration. <laughs> You'll lose the character. I can't break concentration. It's like I have it. You know, it's on me. There, I can't. It's yeah, in- I can't lose character concentration. <laughs> Welcome in to another episode of the Weekend Rental Podcast. I'm Greg, of course, joined as always by Jeremy. We got a big one today. Really big news coming into the more broad collectible scene here. This one's not going to be video games. We do have to start in the world of comics. We have a scandal hitting CGC. A pretty big one at that. Kind of, I don't, I don't want to say rocking the world of comics. It sounds a little bit extreme, but like it's a big thing taking place. It's kind of the biggest thing that can affect a graded collectible, yeah. dare I say. Yeah. So why don't you go in here? Because this is, uh, people have been swapping comic books inside of holders, getting it past CGC, but I'll let you explain here in more detail. Yeah, so um, an Instagram comic collector, uh, the 9.9 newsstand, uh, discovered some kind of uh, discrepancy with a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 252, which is the, uh, it's the first black costume in the main series. Okay. So it... uh, it's kind of a swipe from uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, but him in black costume. Okay. So it's, oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. So it's a rather famous uh, comic. And um, so he, what happened, I guess, was he discovered that uh, this 9.8 graded copy, which was a Mark Jeweler's newsstand variant. I, I saw that. Um, what does that mean? Yeah. So the Mark Jeweler variant is like, there's an ad insert in the middle of the comic book for this jewelry company. And... There's a few, I don't know exactly which issues have it, but it's mostly Bronze Age books. Okay. I think that have these. Uh... Does that signify first print, early print? No, it's just a it's just a rare <laughs> variant. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's New, interesting. And newsstand variants in general uh, fetch higher prices than um, than these subscription copies will. 
Okay. Because they tended to sit on newsstands and it's tougher overall to find. Nicer. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have survived mint versus yeah. one being mailed to you specifically. Yeah, exactly. So if you have the choice between a, a barcode version versus the, you know, Spider-Man logo version, you're going to choose the newsstand one because it's generally harder to find. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess what happened is um, somebody was able to open CGC's case and take out this 9.8 copy and replace it with a lesser graded copy. And this uh, this collector discovered the discrepancy and CGC discovered, I think, is there like 350 books? That yeah, I saw that now they've gotten a list of them or whatever together. And yeah, it's uh, not it's small on the grand scale, but like not small. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I mean, certainly um, when you're a grading company, you're going to be uh, that's obviously is going to erode confidence somewhat. It's uh, like I said, it's the biggest thing that can happen. And I think with this one, one thing that stood out with that uh, book was the one that they swapped wasn't a jeweler variant. I think that's was the, yeah. the main key they caught it. So yeah. like with this, considering you can open up the case without it being identified as tampered, which yeah. CDC is tamper proof, is it not? Like Theoretically. Yes. So when you do crack a case, what happens? I, I don't know a ton about comic cases. Yeah. So I've never actually cracked one myself. I know people who have. Okay. Um, and it's usually just to uh, get their book out and maybe have it pressed and try and submit. Oh, yeah, yeah. The crack out game is, you know, you yeah, crack a book, whatever. It's in every kind of, you know, it's cards, video games. And yeah. It, it happens everywhere. Don't like your grade, just crack it out. And, yeah, that's you know, right. It's and a meme, but. Try again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> roll again. the dice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this. Um, I guess this this copy, uh, he what the guy was basically doing was he was putting in lesser graded copies and then just having them reholdered, so they would get a new certification and kind of fly under the radar that way. Yeah, I um, CDC has green label stuff if it's like incomplete or um, when when do you get a green label CGC? Because I know he was also turning green labels into universal labels with certain books. Because again, if you say you're missing pages or you're missing mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, you can stick in an incomplete book into a universal holder, yeah. re-holder it or whatever, and mm -hmm. like all of a yeah, sudden inside. Yeah, theoretically you... make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're buying an incomplete book, you're probably getting it at a huge discount. Yes, and turning it into a book worth thousands. Yeah, yeah. And there's another label. There's a purple label as well. What does purple mean on CDC? That's for restoration. Okay, so there you go. So you can do restored ones. Oh, geez, why do I say it like that? Yeah. You can do restored <laughs> ones as well and turn those into... Yeah. CGC Blue Universal. Yeah. And suddenly you turn, yeah, books worth hundreds into books worth thousands. Yeah. Because the ASM there, I think the sale on it was 15,000. Yeah. After, like, the fake sale the, mm -hmm. was 15,000. Yeah. I think without that Mark Jewelers variant, it's like a two dollars $3,000 book, if I understand correctly. I don't know offhand, but that's probably right. Yeah. So I think we're talking nine, $10,000 scam on that. It's, I'm going to use the word scam for that because that, that's straight up like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a $10,000 scam right there. It's so. a huge difference. Yes, for sure. And you can see how quickly that if people can swap books like that, that's it. Yeah. Like you can make a ton of money and it is, oh man, it's a rabbit hole opened up. So with that, I guess I have to ask the first thing, like I, I'm not huge in the comic world. Mm -hmm. Has anything like this happened with CGC comics before? Um, I don't know of any specific examples. I do know that like pre-CGC, um, uh, books being restored and being passed off as non-restored was certainly an issue. Like ungraded stuff? Yeah, ungraded stuff. Like in the days before comic grading was a thing, uh, you know, it was kind of the the death knell if you got a <laughs> restored book. When, um, when did CGC enter for comics? I think it was the early 2000s. Okay, so it's yeah. been around for a good while. It's here. been around a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that was why it was initially 
uh, started in the first place was to have a an independent eye look at your book and grade it. Oh, I mean, 100%, especially with something like CGC, I'm positive they would go through every single page of the book, right? Looking yes. for touch-ups, restoration, rips. Yes, um, they would. And that's why this person was able to get away with this because they would just reholder them, in which case they don't go through the grading process. Right. That's the biggest thing. That's why it's reholders that they were going because mm -hmm. ascent, like, or uh, assumedly, or as it's supposed to be, you don't do the actual grading process again no. if you just reholder. Yeah, exactly. Yes, which is why so long as the book looks on surface, relatively speaking, the same, just slap it into a brand new case and mm -hmm. uh, you're on your way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. <laughs> Give me missing four pages inside. Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. not, I'm not looking. Who knows? <laughs> it's a reholder. Like, we're getting that out the door. That's right. That's only like, what, 15 bucks? We're not looking at that book. We're just slipping it into, <laughs> taking the bag out of the case and putting it in a new one. You and know? It, it sucks to say it like that, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's probably the process. Yeah. Because it is cheap to reholder and they are not like, like I said, as long as it relatively looks the same. Yeah. In, out, gone. Like, they, they, these companies thrive on volume and speed, yes. unfortunately, mm -hmm. which kind of goes against the whole idea of like, you know, being so careful and looking at it so much. And yeah, it's, this is why something like this happens. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there have been, I, I greatly assume there has been other issues with CGC. I'm sure assume. there, I'm sure there have been, I, I don't know of any specific examples offhand, but, um. I know the card world is going through like a big trimming or not going through. I was, I was getting a lot. It's like, if something hits my newsfeed from a different hobby other than video games, it's like, oh man, this is making noise. And I don't know if it was a year ago, maybe two years ago, but card trimming was really blowing up. Okay. And there was someone who like, basically he released a full video, I think on Instagram or whatever, showing a process for trimming. That was like, like it's a science, right? It's an art. Right. Like <laughs> the guy knew what he was doing and it's like, oh my God. Right. I can see why it is going undetected. And with trimming, because you're not even like, you're just removing stuff from the card. Right. Um, I don't know how you detect it. If it's something that isn't like cards have standardization within, um, there's a little bit of leeway yeah. with those. So if I would assume trimming, because you're like, you have a huge sheet yeah. that you then have to have cut into smaller cards. Yeah. So I would assume there's some margin of error there. Yeah, like very, very, very. But if we're talking, you know, you're you're getting rid of millimeters of a card on the yeah. very top edge, it's like you're just not gonna no one's gonna catch it, unfortunately. Right. right. Um trimming is yeah. So I, I know stuff takes place with all these companies. As soon as we involve enough money, there's gonna be people who try to exploit the system. Yeah. And I think the reason um this person was able to do this so well is because of the uh the hype that was, you know, two years ago two, three years ago. Oh yeah. Does it say when this started? Like obviously the news broke, I think past week, but yeah, did this I, I don't know. Like... I don't know exactly when, but I know they were talking about specific issues. The first black cat appearance. Okay. He, this person who was reholdering had done a ton of those because they were, they were spiked up super high during the pandemic. Of course. So, you know, taking advantage of kind of lesser coveted comics, not so famous books that had, you know, peaked during the pandemic and kind of, flooding them into the market because that's what was happening. You know, people yep. were paying ridiculous premiums for these things. And I know with a lot of people who buy graded stuff, so it was like, oh, buy the, buy the comic, not the grade, or buy the card, not the grade. And I do feel like if this was starting with the pandemic, you had a lot of people in the hobby who didn't know how to be careful, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. probably had a lot of new money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. People who are buying maybe their first, second, tenth book, and, you know, the label says 9.0, 
<laughs> you a lot of people who just trusted at blind face value. Yeah. Which I know in a perfect world we all should be able to look at the graded goods and trust it. Just like oh that's a that's a nine that's a nine two that's a nine four one hundred percent. I'm not even going to look at the book. You perfect world. You yeah. should be able to trust that. Yeah. But anyone who's been doing graded collectibles or even you know any kind of serious collecting at any time. There is that human subjectiveness in there. Mm -hmm. And and the standards do evolve and change over time with it, the amount of books that they you sure see. They sure do. You know, like I know people, um, generally there was a price premium on old CGC labels. Oh, really? Because uh, they softened up that much. Yeah, they were generally much more strict in the early days. So when you find those old CGC labels, you'll probably have, if you were to regrade that book, you'd probably have a higher grade than what would be on the, the older labels. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. With PSA, I know it's the opposite. Like older, um, if you find older PSA labels, for the mm -hmm. most part, people want to pay less for them because they were softer on grading than they are now. Okay. So a lot of like, you know, if you see an older PSA 10, you're going to almost, almost always, whatever, you know, really look at it because on the, you're going to see chipping or mm -hmm. centering, more centering leeway, whatever it is. Yeah. But for cards, yeah, older ones sell for less. Yeah. And now with video games so far, we aren't seeing price discrepancy, I wouldn't say yet. But it is my own opinion that grading standards have gotten easier hmm. since WADA first started. VGA, I would need to send more volume to them. Their pricing still hasn't moved, so I haven't sent to them. It's like 90 bucks for a standard game, and I refuse to pay it. That's a lot so of money. That's <laughs> way too that's much. A lot of money. <laughs> In a world where most games now sell for 100 bucks, like I just can't justify $90 simply grading. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go buy more games. Yeah. Like it's too much money. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, it seems like WADA now. At some point when they got sold out or bought out, standards did change. As you say, they evolve over time. New ownership took over WADA. I, I don't even think Dennis is with the company anymore. Like we should probably do an episode just talking about WADA because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure their entire, since their buyout has been <laughs> almost completely overhauled. Yeah, I think so. Um, So that that's, you know, of course with that, standards are going to change. Things are going to change. As of right now, no price differences that are discernible, but you know, yeah, there's talk. Yeah. There's enough talk. Yeah, for sure. So with this happening with CGC, though, the comics are being swapped. Mm -hmm. Two to three hundred books is what is being reported right now by CGC. Uh, what did they say they're going to do about it? I know that they... Yeah, I think um, they were in a position to compensate people if, they, if they'd been financially um, affected by this. Okay, so like, you bought a scam book, you can yeah. take it up with CGC. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Like, that's yeah. a really good first start yes, for absolutely. CGC. Yeah. They should take full ownership. This is their failure. Is something they have to correct on their end. Mm -hmm. But the bigger thing that happens with this, the first thing I thought of really, so we have them saying, claiming 200 to 300 books, which in the grand scheme of everything is very, very, very small. CGC has graded millions of books, mm -hmm. right? But do you know how much volume they do per month? Honestly, I don't, but it would be a lot. Yeah, okay. I think like PSA is 400,000 cards or something. So I'm sure comics is, you know, yeah. something stupid as well that yes. you can't even fathom. Yeah, absolutely. And people, you know, They'll send in like modern stuff worth barely anything. If they, you know, when you have a subscription, you get certain free grades, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they survive on volume. Yeah. It's volume and speed. So exactly. like the, the more comics they can get out the door. Yeah. And now they do like in-house signing stuff. So they'll bring in artists and you can submit books to be signed by them and get a special label on them. That's yeah. actually really cool. Yeah. Like it is kind of cool. That's a great feature just offered by the grading company themselves. Yeah. Like, that's cool. It saves you a trip to a comic convention. Oh, it's impossible for a lot of people. Like yeah. I will never go to a main, like where we live, the odds of there ever being <laughs> like an actual major person coming to a convention, damn near zero. Yeah. 
we I think live we, in we the might middle got, of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we might have got Sean Schemmel once or something, like the DBZ voice actor. Goku. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if we've gotten like... Uh, Stanley sure as hell hasn't been here. I guess we no, can say that. No, but, <laughs> no for sure. Um, so with that, though, 200, 300 books reported. The bigger issue in my mind now is that that is only what has been reported. Mm-hmm. So very clearly, someone found out a way to break open the CGC cases, swap the stuff inside, and get it past CGC. I, I, in my mind, it is very hard for me to believe that this is the only incident of this happening. Um, how many more incidents of this aren't being reported, mm-hmm. have not been caught by CGC? Yeah. How do people trust what's inside the CGC case after something like this breaks? Mm-hmm is where my mind's at. Right. Yeah. What do you think? And I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the, uh, the collecting community will probably end up doing the work for everyone else because there's, there's guys who, you know, it was, it was the collecting community that originally discovered these discrepancies. Yep. So I figure like there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, um, yeah, hard, it's crazy hard that looks on the CGC stuff. themselves didn't catch it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Even after the fact, it was the community and the sleuthing of, hardcore collectors who first uncovered this issue issue taking place mm-hmm. obviously now cgc is aware of it they can make changes to their process but um yeah it's scary yeah i yeah. guess is the word i guess we'll see you know what happens over the next few months if people discover any more discrepancies i mean i'm sure there are other books affected who knows that that's my biggest issue in my back of my head now like I, obviously i use graded stuff you use graded stuff we collect graded stuff um I, I i would even sit here and say like there's like do i know with 100 percent accuracy no one could swap vga games water games cgc games i don't mm-hmm. right i i don't um the biggest advantage someone like myself has or someone like you is that we know this craft very very well mm-hmm. it's very very hard for people who do this to buy a uh bad game fake game a reseal you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard I, i'm not going to buy a reseal even if it's not graded like i you know so much about the craft yourself but for newer people who you know i'm going to go buy a cgc comic okay uh you type in cgc comics right now that's probably one of the main news stories breaking if you just google cgc comics yeah you might get hit by this like scandal news because with a lot of games i'm pretty sure you type that in like you go down the carl jobs rabbit hole immediately <laughs> right like <laughs> like then that's Two and a half years ago now. Yeah. From that Carl Jobs heritage, all that stuff. Yeah. That is still like, like everyone, new people talk about that all the time. How can I trust that? Mm-hmm. How can I trust water games after the scandal broke? Yeah. They're scammers, right? Like they're, they're grading their own games. They're all too high. Where does consumer confidence go from here for CGC to relax people that this is an isolated incident? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I think they're making it right as best they can. It seems that they're trying to do that. Which... I, I think so, yeah. Getting in, front, getting in front of it and saying we will compensate people is at, the, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but yeah. like, that is kind of the bare minimum. Yeah, If I, if I yeah. buy your book, I trust your book at face value and I don't get the damn book inside. Yeah. You know, exactly. due to failure on your end. Yeah, and I think at the very least, this is going to spur some kind of innovation in the in the holder itself. It should, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, it almost. That's why I asked about the tamper proof back then, because I think most stuff. Um, does like does CGC do a cracked glass or anything once you? I don't think there's any glass. Uh, the bag, uh, the comics are inside a mylar bag, which okay. is like UV resistant, and then it's encapsulated in this. Um, uh, I don't know what kind of material it is. It's not. 
it's probably it's not some the, kind of acrylic. Yeah, it's not the same like as what VGA does, much thinner and and lighter. But um, and it's like sonic welding, I think, across the whole thing. Something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, I, don't, I don't know the some specifics. kind of science like that. I have a few CGC books. I don't want to. I'll go take a look. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting here sweating as I'm telling you. Like, how do you trust them now, Jeremy? You can't trust the man. You can't, you trust, can't trust anything. Like, going home, just pouring over your books, sweating. Like, <laughs> you're getting scammed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're out thousands, Jeremy. Thousands. This is it. Your brick house or your, your yeah. house of cards. Like, That's right. It's all it's tumbling all, down. It's all over, man. Yeah. It's all over. The world's ending. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because you do you watch reserved investments, Sean, at all? Yes. So Sean actually had a take about this where he's a pretty, um, oh God, I don't know how you describe Sean with reserved investments. Cynical? Yeah. Like he's like, you know, usually he has the take that's like, goes with everything. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know. He's very anti-hype. Yes, yes, yeah. So I'll stick with cynical. Yeah. So when he was talking about the CGC scandal thing with two or 300 books, you know, I prefaced there, like, how do we trust it now? Or what do we do from here? His take was actually... That this is a very, like, doesn't matter. Like, this is overblown, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't actually matter as much as it's being blown up to matter. Right. Um, Due to it being, like, due to the fact that CGC thinks that they have isolated the incident to Mm -hmm. the books that are affected, that they are coming out in front of it, and just due to the sheer volume CGC actually does. Mm -hmm. So the actual amount of affected books, even if it does spread beyond this incident, is still very likely very small. Absolutely. It's a micro percentage of, of the amount of graded books out there. Yeah, that was largely his position on it is that just due to the sheer volume and the actual checks that they do, it's just not a not, not an issue. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, honestly, just because he is usually like, I told you guys graded stuff. If you get into this world, like this is what's going to happen. He usually has takes like that. Yeah, well, so you they, know, I mean, when you look at it this way, CGC has been at the top of the grading field for over 20 years now so in reality you know people will will whine and complain of course but i think he's right that it won't affect their bottom line yeah do you think actual people deep into this does it does it change anything for those people i don't think so <laughs> Honestly, business as usual <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard you know if i was someone who only had a few books you know then i would I think, you know, it would maybe hamper me from buying more. But, you know, if you're someone who, like, this is your main thing, it's your main gig, you collect comic books, you buy and sell, grade. I don't think it's going to prevent anyone from sending in a book to CGC. Okay. Okay. For grading at yeah. least. Yeah. For people in the hobby. Yeah. Established people. Yeah. Which, because CGC, you know, whether we like it or not, it still fetches the highest market prices. Yeah. That's the money talks. I know, so, and it's the most... Um, if that changes and CBCS becomes the, the major player, then, you know, I guess we'll see. But I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I don't think this is... like Obviously, it's a terrible scandal. It is. It's a very bad thing. I just don't think it's... At least yet, I guess we'll see. Because obviously, like you said, everyone's going to be looking at everything now with the most critical eye possible. Mm-hmm. So we will see... Which is good. If the, it is. It's a very good thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing that might lead to a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because if people now are overanalyzing everything, um, it could break that this is something way bigger than we think. Right. That could come out in two months yeah. with, um, you know, a lot more of like, oh my God, we thought it was these two to 300 books. The community has now found hundreds of examples of sampled or swap books, sorry, or mm-hmm. that, that could happen in the next coming months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do know that um, 
CGC's latest holder has not been around that long. Like I remember they they released a new holder, I think it was just before the pandemic, okay. and they had some issues with it, so they completely redesigned it and released a new one. So as far as I know, the the reholder issue has been limited to these new ones. It should be within only the past. I mean, theoretically, but <laughs> like you said, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm just a spectator. I'm not a player. Yeah. So the biggest, yeah, it's like even if it is limited to the past three to four years, the past three to four years have been like the biggest of every hobby ever. Yeah. Like there might have been more submissions in the past three to four years than the past ten. Yeah. Um just, you know, giving a a fair shake there of what the actual Mm-hmm. Uh, part- hobby participation has been like yeah like we saw it in video games we saw it in trading cards comics also exploded yeah people coming in and grading and i think that's why all these companies have been you know bought up and acquired by other companies is because their bottom lines during the pandemics were so high i, I think like, like almost all of them were bought and sold hey yeah like i know vga was wada was mm-hmm. um the psa was already owned uh did cgc also get yeah, acquired cgc is owned by blackrock now. oh my god <laughs> So that's something. Yeah, if if, if you're gonna delve down the conspiracy black, I was gonna hole, say you know, <laughs> BlackRock is uh, just go Google search BlackRock conspiracy when you finish uh, watching this, and you can go down a different rabbit hole. You can oh find someone gosh. else to talk about BlackRock. You're never gonna come back up rare. <laughs> yeah, that that's insane. Yeah. So every yeah, geez, the yeah. pandemic just changed everything, man. Yeah, I know. So like, I've been talking to uh, a lot of comic collector friends, and um, their general consensus is that it's just a money grab now. Yeah. since they've been acquired and never get your stuff pressed by cgc really it is what has been the uh consensus among like my... they offer their own pressing service to raise the grade of the book right you yes. send it in you can get it pressed which is heat what do they do for pressing yeah it's dry heat so okay. they'll put like you know release paper and boards on top of the comics and just it's it's basically a superficial restoration yeah so get not, rid it's, of it's not considered restoration because you're not altering the book you're just you're pressing out um, imperfections that are like non-issues, like non-color breaking creases, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. And I know like personally, one of the books in my collection is a 9-4 uh, Maximum Carnage promo book for the video game. And it's a 9-4 grade. And it has like a giant crease in the back that I'm like, I'm going to crack that out so I can press it and resubmit it. Cause it's probably a 9-8. Yeah. As soon as you get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so with CGC's pressing... So yeah, <laughs> don't do it. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> but there's there's actually there's a guy here who does amazing jobs with with China. Yeah, yeah, a friend of mine. Say he, what? Uh, <laughs> I had when I was collecting comics, I he, I had him press all my books, and he did an amazing job. So, really? Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. Do you know if he presses game manuals yet, or I, guide books, prob- or strategy guides, or Nintendo powers? Well, you know the thing is a lot. How of much sp- money can we make here, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah, where can we work? Let's, can get, we the, go let's with get the this? business juices flowing. <laughs> yeah. um, the problem with strategy guides is they're square bound. And yes. that, that inherently makes it more difficult to press because there are square bound comics as well. Like a giant size X-Men is, is so thick they square bound it. Okay. Yeah. So books like that, if you press them and the square binding gets pushed out, that's not good. So it's a little more difficult, I think, to press stuff like that, especially strategy guides where they have really thick covers. Yeah, yeah. Comics, even are... the square bound books are still like paper thin. Like strategy guides are almost like, you know. They're like a vinyl almost. They're like, like plastic. It's Yeah, it's a plastic covered uh thicker paper like it's yeah. a thicker gauge paper yeah so i think there's there's probably some difficulty there in pressing i don't think pressing would solve any dints in the in the covers of strategy guides. yeah probably not unfortunately because you can't get enough pressure to push it out of that kind of yeah. gauge of paper it only really works with like really thin newspaper style 
you know, like comic book. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back on this. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. You know, we'll figure it out and we'll grade and flip all our strategy guides. Yeah. 2024, baby. Here we come. Mm-hmm. Strategy guides are the new. The strategy guide. Boom. We're pumping strategy guides. <laughs> First it was Nintendo Power. Now it's yeah, strategy Yeah, now we're going to pivot to Prima. Get your Primas and Brady games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're coming. Uh, classics. So where do we go from here then? Like CGC is going to compensate people. Yeah. They say it's an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. What, like, just status quo? Carry on then? Start, I, keep grading and keep going? I think that's just what's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, depends what happens in the next couple months. You know, if new services of a thousand more books that have been affected, then, yeah, then maybe it starts to get a little more serious. But Do you think there's any fear right now, like, of someone buying a book and getting something wrong? Like, from, a serious, even... from a serious collector, I don't think so. Okay. From, an, from a person who's relatively new or, you know, a new entry... Or kind of a mid-level collector, maybe, maybe somebody who has a lot of raw books that they're thinking about getting graded, that might affect their decision. Okay. Do you sure. think there's any risk buying a CGC book? Like, you hear about this, does it change your like? Do you look at it closer? Do you anything? Um, you know, you hear about this news. Do you see a graded book and you're like, oh man, is it? Like, is it? <laughs> per- personally, no. Okay. Not for me. Yeah, it like it doesn't really affect the way I look at a book. You know, I mean, something like this was bound to happen sooner or later. It's I think it's just a waiting game for someone to figure this out and be able to pull it off sounds terrifying they found <laughs> well you know what that's what spurs innovation i right? know that's I know. what that's what will make cgc step up their game on security of the cases themselves and maybe even the way they document maybe even the submission process for reholders yeah maybe well that, that that obviously needs a should, should we even be able to reholder as a i know that's know. a big thing because i think about that all the time with crack cases and stuff because mm-hmm. reholdering is the loophole yeah. to get past an assessment yeah which, I, I understand a reholder fee if they send it back to you and it gets damaged, like in shipping. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Then, yeah, for sure. But like, you know, if you've had something for years and then you accidentally drop it, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I know if it if it's graded know. 2012 and all of a sudden you have a smashed up case or something and you're like, oh, I just need a reholder. Like, you know what I mean? Just don't don't even look at it. And it's yeah. like, man, this was first graded in 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. Like, have you had it baking in the sun? Yeah. Obviously, it's, you know, there's UV resistance, but it's not 100%. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. We're not using museum grade archival here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That should be the first stop is reholdering process. Yeah. It's a major freaking overhaul yeah. there. I think they will probably have to uh, rewrite their guidelines on reholders where they will actually have to have some kind of preliminary look at the book. Yep. You know, I agree. Not a grading look, but, you know, flip through at least. Yeah. You- <laughs> Take a look and make sure it has all its pages. <laughs> Is that Mark Jeweler variant? Again, it sounds so stupid, but like, yeah, you at least have to flip open the book. Yeah. And that is where the critical failure, I think, took place, is that complacency with the reholder process yeah. of getting them in and getting them out. Yeah. And maybe this will cause slight, um, a slightly longer time of submission process. Oh, I, I assume so. Who knows? I know, assume so. That could be a side effect, but I think it's something people will have to live with if they want more security on that end. Yeah. Which benefits everyone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, WADA put out their new case, I think, I don't know, eight months ago now. They're still mm-hmm. having quality issues with it. I don't know if you see in any of the Facebook groups. Uh, yeah. The, the side blisters, like, collapse at times, which yeah. causes the entire game to shift. Well, I side. mean, you and I both know Garth, and uh, I've seen some of his games. Oh, that, well, there you go, then. Where they're, like, completely shifted in the case. and There you go, then. That's unfortunately has some. Yeah. And him being in Canada, we'd have to go back through customs. We have to go back. Like, it's it's a big issue to reholder. It's holder. such a risk. Like, yes. I've, Personally, I don't feel trepidation sending a comic across the border, but I do when it comes to a game because yep. you never know if they're just going to ex- 
you know, slice open that seal. Oh, they've smashed open grated ones. I had like, that. They happen. don't care. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They smashed open two uh, Mortal Kombat's that I had sent and completely crushed them. They didn't even put the acrylic back in the box. They just <laughs> threw you the games. You didn't get the acrylic even? Like no. the, oh my God. No, no. I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. That yeah. is insane. How is there no accountability? Yeah. So that was like, I don't know, 4,000 bucks down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you consider and wow. laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Yeah. So that just Not cost me 4,000 as you sip your water. Yeah. <laughs> A tear rolls down your cheek. It's actually vodka in here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> my god that, that's i've a... been day drinking for years <laughs> yeah. that single loss is very than anything i've ever had happen to me i think in my life yeah i don't know if i've ever lost four thousand on a single like like crashing my car like i don't think i've ever lost four thousand dollars on something yeah that's well wild. i had something worse happen too maybe we'll we'll talk about that for another episode <laughs> i'm sad enough already you don't need to trauma dump on me right no. now <laughs> that's right one one sad story is enough. Yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll talk about sad stories in collecting on another episode. Apparently, man, oh man, you've been through it. Yeah, yeah. But with the long tangent aside, with the new Wada case having just come out, I am very curious. Um, we see this happening with the reholders and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you said, it's only a matter of time, unfortunately. I really do believe that for a lot of stuff. Um, I guess we'll see when it happens. Yeah. I guess we'll see when we get the, you know, the first video game swap out scandal. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I don't want to say it's inevitable, but it feels inevitable. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sure there will be um, something sooner or later, but I think eventually we'll all be better <laughs> off for it. You know, it kind of has to happen. And then it's like, okay, now we figure Sacrifice the few to protect the many. Yeah. Is that that's right. <laughs> Sorry, am I which, understanding you correctly? <laughs> which way do we turn the train? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Towards the right. little old lady. <laughs> Or the bundle of children. <laughs> okay, I think I understand you now. That's perfect. That's good. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> so that has to do with the world of CGC. Grading, collectibles, all that stuff. But that's not the only big news this week. Mm. This comes from the world of gaming. Mm-hmm. So classic NES Tetris. I don't know if you've ever watched tournaments or kept up with the game or even played the game. I've played it for sure. Okay. okay. Yes. Do you watch like classic world Tetris championship or any of the, like the, the really competitive scene of it? I've, I've watched a few clips. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with the world of TikTok. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but so in that world there with NES Tetris, one of the final frontiers, if you want to call it that, was reaching a kill screen, an mm-hmm. actual, um, a spot where the game stops I don't, I don't want to talk too technical because I can't. I was going to say stops rendering data. I'm sure someone's going to be like, that's not at all. That's, what not, it, yeah, that's not in it. But there's no more data. It hits a screen where the game literally breaks. It stops playing. Yeah. So that's one thing they've been trying to get on Tetris because um, with, I don't remember if they talk about it in the old Billy Mitchell documentary, A Fistful of Quarters. Mm. I'm pretty sure they play till the kill screen in Donkey Kong, if I remember prop- correctly. I think that's how you max out the score of the game. Gotcha. You have to get to the kill screen. So the game just stops. It, it breaks. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything more. The memory overloads, whatever it is. So with Tetris, they're still trying to get there. So with the most competitive Tetris, they have techniques actually with the controller. Uh, if you've never played it, every level it speeds up. Mm-hmm. Every five levels, maybe. Something like that. Something it gets like faster that. and faster and faster as you keep building it. Yeah. By the end of the, uh, when you get to the top speed, you can't input quick enough. Like the game wants you to lose. It's basically forced loss. Yeah. That's what they always thought. This was like, hey, this is the, uh, this is the kill screen where you can't get past this anymore because you can't input quick enough. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> actual techniques were developed to hit the controller, kind of like button mashing 
is extremely quick. Right. You can input on the D-pad extremely quickly yeah. by using certain methods. Right. And by using those, then you can move your blocks extremely quickly left and right across the screen. No modified controllers or anything. This is just, you know, human ability, yeah. which makes it really cool. Yeah. It's a crazy meta. <laughs> yeah, I'm like sitting here talking now for five minutes about the Tetris meta. Like it is as deep as you can possibly get for a video game. Yeah. Like, and you know what? It actually kind of justifies those t-shirts that say classically trained with an NES <laughs> controller. It's like when you look at the meta of this, it's like, you know, it is like, it's crazy how things develop over the years. Like yes. brand new techniques. It's just, this is how, uh, you know, musical instruments evolved. Like players playing musical instruments to come up with brand new techniques that no one's seen before. Yeah. So now you have people who I think this story is revolved around a 13 year old yes. doing something that has never been done before in Tetris. Everything you think about Tetris, everyone who's ever played the game, a 13 year old is now the person who reached the first skill because the first kill screen. Where he got to, oh man, I think it was one, one thirty uh, something. Yeah, one thirty something. Yeah, I just had it like one thirty seven. I think one thirty five. Yeah. It triggers on certain levels, certain spots where the memory can't do whatever the memory needs to do. Mm -hmm. There's certain spots where if you, I think it's like if you drop a Tetris, it bypasses. But if you do a certain thing, it hits. So you want to hit that kill screen is basically the goal. And yeah, a thirteen year old hit the very first ever Tetris kill screen, which is just insane. Yeah, it is. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it's mind blowing his age that we have something new happening in Tetris in 2023. I think it was 2023. Maybe it might have been 2024. It just happened. Yeah, very um, recent. Yeah, it, it just it blows my mind because I mean I've played. I like Tetris a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you that or told people. No, um, Tetris. I, I don't know. Tetris Evolutions on Xbox 360. I like. I grinded it wow. a lot. Okay. So like Tetris 99, I'm decent. I can't T. Do you know what T bar spin is? No. Oh my God! You noob! Like, get this guy! Get this guy! <laughs> Sorry, and get him out of I here! Don't play like, Tetris. <laughs> the one thing I couldn't do is T-bar spin like on command. You take the purple block that has three across, one in the middle. Okay. So you bring that down the screen and you put it into a spot where it shouldn't be able to go essentially, but you twist it into the spot. If that kind of makes sense, like right. you, it drops like this, then you twist it to be a T. Right. And then it fits perfectly and it clears, I think, two lines. It's called T-bar spin. Okay. But that's like, it's part of the meta. Again, yeah. as we talk about meta, yeah. like that's one of the things you can do that um, it's quicker than a Tetris because it only requires, at least requires less lines. Right. A Tetris requires four, T-bar spin requires two. Gotcha. So <laughs> um, just, yeah, I got into Tetris. So that's seeing, cool. I didn't play NES Tetris much. There's certain things you can't do. A lot of modern Tetris allow you to uh, continually change the shape of the thing before you drop it. They give you a buffer period. They're a lot more friendly. Right. NES Tetris, you just drop and like, that's it. You're, yeah. you're live. You got what you got. Yeah, yeah. yeah like That's it. Like, yeah. you didn't press A, you didn't press A. We're yeah. like, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, some of the softer <laughs> ones, man, you can just like sit there and like, you know, keep tapping it. And But seeing this happen in when it did is just, it's mind-blowing, frankly. Yeah. It is mind-blowing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like um, the one competitive thing that I did watch was like uh, Smash Melee. Yeah, me Smash too. Ultimate, me too, a Smash lot. Smash 4 competitive stuff. And a lot of the uh, the the winners in in tournaments of these were you know like teenagers often. Yep. You know it's like is Smash Ultimate ran by younger people? I assume so to a degree anyway. Yeah. I know the Melee folks. Almost well, everyone now is like kind of our age. I was yeah. gonna say old, but like yeah. I don't feel old. The but reflexes the, are going. <laughs> well, the kind of though. Yeah. But with Melee, it's kind of weird because the game is already twenty years old. Yeah. So like there are younger people in the scene, but like at some point. If it doesn't get a revamp, I think Melee will just die. Yeah, which is a shame because it's um, it's the most 
skill based, I think, of the bunch. I mean, I think so. I don't want to start a flame war with like Smash people, but I yeah. think melee requires the highest ceiling. To be honest, I prefer playing Smash Ultimate okay. if I had a choice to play. But I think melee does have the craziest meta. Yeah, I think it has a high skill ceiling just yeah. because you have to be so... You have to know all these advanced techniques. Yeah. yeah. And your fingers have to be flying, mm-hmm. which is the hardest thing. Like, it's I, crazy. Yes. If, if you haven't played like melee competitively to a sense, like there's a lot of tech skill in the game that I can't even do because my hand can't do it. Right. Like my hand cannot... I can't wave shine. Yeah. Like, you have to practice that over yeah. and over and over and over again. Yeah. Just to be able memory. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're inputting like five buttons a second or mm-hmm. more. I mean, it's probably like 13, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just if you, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. When you see this, the, the metas pushing on these NES games still in, you know, we talked about what keeps collecting alive and stuff. Yeah. And these games alive. This is what we were talking this about. This is the stuff that keeps these games alive. This is the stuff that keeps these games relevant. It keeps them in the minds of people and keeps people going back to NES. Yeah. This is like, I mean, it's like worldwide news. It's crazy. Literally, like, yeah. The first article I pulled up was like global news. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. About freaking Tetris. Yeah. On NES. Yeah. Just when you think NES is uh, getting irrelevant, you know. Yeah. It's like you have like competitive and uh, speedrunners keeping this stuff alive. Yeah, speedrunning also with Mario Bros. Keeping yeah. that alive. Yeah. I remember the first time I got into that was probably, I don't even know, Darby and was still the world record holder, maybe 2016. Hmm. Sometime in there. I feel like the sub five had just been like, they were just like, you know, like, oh my God, sub five is so cool. And now it's like, like sub five does not matter. Yeah. You're like a, you're like a good runner if you can sub five, but you are not like, like you're not great. You know what I mean? Right, right. Me and you could probably sub five if we watch tutorials and practice for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And that used to be like the barrier when I started. Right. I think now it's like 452 maybe. Yeah. And it only gets faster. It, it, it's funny because they're almost, um, oh, I feel like, the video i might have been summoning salt it was either summoning salt or cosmic had a video called like the human limit hmm. of what mario bros can do right and we are getting close well wow. like very close wow. <laughs> there's very very few frames that can still be saved in the game because wow. that's what we're talking about well now. you know frames. as long as long as there are still frames to save yes there are still more potentials for world records exactly you know and it's it's because you know tas obviously what a tas is tool assisted speed run when you like optimize a game using an ai no, I've never, I don't know what that is. Yeah, do you, do you even, do you even competitive game, bro? Like, <laughs> Greg, I, I play music for a living. <laughs> I need you to get deep into the meta of video games here. It's like you play Tetris, I play the violin. Yeah, okay. like, one of us is talented here and it's, yeah. it's not the guy with the instrument. That's right. <laughs> um, so with a task, a tool assistance speedrun, yeah. you uh, can do literally anything with the game. Okay. So you just have an AI run it through optimal like you can set literally anything. Okay. Um, so you so it can, can do, essentially like do a speed run on its own. and Yeah. You just like program a speed run essentially using literally everything you can do with the game. Okay. So a lot of tasks, things cannot be replicated by human though, because it'll have like D pad go back and forth 30 times in a second or mm. something. You know what I mean? Like you can do stuff that while possible to be coded within the game is impossible to be actually inputted by a human. Right. Uh, with this, the whole point of I bring this up is that Super Mario Bros. again is getting very dangerously close to the task as well, where there's just barely anything. A lot of stuff now is taking task only setups and finding ways to make them human. Did you probably saw Mario 64 recently? You might have saw this. Um, I'm just gonna throw everything at you now. <laughs> uh, Mario 64 discovered carpetless. Did you see news about that? No. This was on um, so Rainbow Ride. Rainbow, Rainbow Ride, one of the last levels of Mario 64. Yeah. Um, you can collect the, 
the star, I think, is literally called Rainbow Ride. You have to ride the carpet, and you have to go all the way up the oh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you collect it. Yeah. So before, there was a TAS-only strat to do it without using the carpet. You take it up a little bit, but then you can like wall bounce, jump, input, get onto the top of the thing. Um, saves like 20 seconds, but thought to be impossible by human input. They just broke that in 2023. Wow. So now the setup exists, uh, certain inputs, like, and you can hop your way up there without using the carpet. Wow. So it's that, that's where competitive speedrunning is getting to, is where now it's task only strats being turned into human strats. Right. So they're, they're kind of like teaching themselves using these. Yes, yes, yeah. That's the point. So yeah. you, you discover what's feasible right. using the programming. And then you figure out how you can do yes. it as a human. Yeah, exactly. Now wow. you get it. Wow. Yeah. This is uh, some deep, <laughs> deep stuff right here. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because I hardly ever talk about stuff like this with anybody. Yeah. Because like my whole channel is collecting and um, just collecting, yeah. collecting finance. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, this, I'm this deep nerd. I yeah. probably don't even think I play games. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know the last time I've casually played Mario 64, but like, I know more about I just played running it, a few it days than, ago. Did you actually? Yeah. On Switch Online. Oh, yeah. there we go. That's great. You stop being such a filthy casual and learn how to speed run it. <laughs> yeah. I need 120 star runs, like oh starting tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> Sub two hours is your goal. Like, we'll come back in three months. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have that much energy. <laughs> I would never do it myself. I would never speed it's run. So much I know work. that. Yes. Yeah. It has to be like your thing. Yeah. Literally, you have to yeah. devote like endless time to it. Yeah. Or you're, I don't want to say wasting your time. You obviously can casually have fun with something, but you know, if you want to be competitive with it, mm -hmm. it's the same as anything competitive. Yeah. You can't just <laughs> expect no, to be the best. Yeah, no half-ass in there. Yeah, exactly. You just will not compete. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun to uh, fun to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. I just never do. Now I'm going to go home and uh, look up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Mario 64. <laughs> go down rabbit holes, man. Go down <laughs> rabbit holes. What, it, it, a lot of that stuff only gets more fun the more you understand the game. Because yeah. once you get into the deep, intricate knowledge and like once you watch it, it's like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to get into some of it because it requires so much... Um, like, you can watch something like Smash Ultimate at a casual level, I think, and still be like, oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a lot better if you understand the tech that's actually taking place. If you yeah. understand the mind games that are taking place, the, the neutral resets, if you understand the actual nuance mm -hmm. of what you're watching. I can't watch League. Dota. Can't watch it. I don't understand enough. Right. I don't know if you've ever even tried. No. It sucks. No. <laughs> does, does Casually, it sucks. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't just, play it. So. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. And I try, you know, the international. I think that's the Dota one. Mm -hmm. The biggest. Like, I don't know. Can't watch. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. They, they, the commentators say stuff. I watch the screen. Yeah, like, I have no idea. guys spinning on the screen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> People are popping off. I'm like scratching my head. You know, it's like, <laughs> Who won? <though? laughs> At least Counter-Strike. I under, like, you know, you can watch an FPS and yeah. make sense of it. Yeah. But yeah, some stuff you just can't. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with that this week. You can go YouTube, search Tetris Kill Screen. You can go look up the CGC Scandal. You can go look up Super Mario 64 speedrunning. Like, <laughs> find yourself a nice new rabbit hole to go down this weekend, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and then they'll blame you next week for spiking the price of Mario 64. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Like, buy them all up now. <laughs> buy them now. Craig says. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pump... We're pumping strategy guides and Mario 64 cartridges in 2024, folks. That's right. Get in early. Yeah, they're going to be $50. I'll see you guys next week. Oh,